Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Hi again. That's like the third time I said hi. Hey, listen, I have to one announcement, and I don't know if you knew her, but... Um, Prior to COVID happening and the stuff getting shut down and everything, we used to have somebody who, who's blind, um, little Esther. She sit right where, where you guys are at, Jim. And she sat there, and she wants to start coming back to church, but she doesn't. Scott Jenna got a hold of me, and she doesn't have a ride. And she lives in kind of a, not a I don't know, not a gated community, but you have to do a, like, a voice code thing on the on the box and she has to push the button to let you in. She lives at the area's Red Bridge and Grandview Road and I have her phone number and everything. So you just pray about it. If that's you or if there's more than one of you that would like to serve by helping pick her up and take her home from church, be greatly appreciated. And um, I know with the COVID stuff that can make that uncomfortable. I don't, I'm not, I'm tired of the COVID stuff. So I'm not trying to make less of it than what it is. I'm just tired of it. Probably you guys are too. So I'm probably just reflecting what everybody feels. So if that is a concern, don't do it. But if you could do it and and pick her up at least some of the time or work with some other people, uh, just get a hold of me after the service and then I'll give you her phone number and all that. I want to do that over the microphone. So let's see. Good. All right, our wonderful teaching journey over this period of time has to do with getting to know what God is like, and one of the ways that we do that is to look at the way God reveals himself to us. God wants to be known, he wants to manifest himself, and he wants you to know him. I think uh, for so many people, We've been taught that this journey is difficult and that you have to really, you have to press in and rightfully divide the word of truth. And we use a lot of scriptures to support this uh, journey of getting to know what God is like when we forget it's God's intent to show you what he's like. As a matter of fact, Jesus coming through human form was the best way that God knew to show you what he's like. So you have, so you see Jesus in the midst just before the crucifixion. He says, when you see me, you see the Father. If you ever really want to know what God is like, that's the time to read the Gospels. God is exactly like Jesus. Jesus is God. He wants to show him. He wants us to know him. Uh, The thing is, if you're like me, many of the things in knowing what God is like seem difficult or perplexing to understand and at times even contradictory. As I look at at that stuff. Um, But I do know this. When we receive what God is like by faith, uh, all those difficulties start to straighten out. 
Um, and there's a, a ready path laid out before you. So the, I, I want to lift this burden off you. The emphasis of knowing God actually isn't on your part. The response of knowing God is on your part. The difficult part is not that we can't figure it out. The difficult part is God is beyond us. You want a God like that. Well, you need a God like that. We don't always want a God like that. We want a God that's manageable. Uh, we want a God that we can ring, ring, ring. Hey, what's happening uh, today? Um, we, we want a God we can at least send an email to. Uh, and, and we want it, and that right quick, I want an instant response. It's just not the way it works. God reveals himself through so many avenues to us. Um, two of the things that I want to look at very closely with this can be perplexing at times, but I, I put them together, and uh, it's his immutability, which most people think that that means change, but actually the word immutable means something much different than that, though it includes God doesn't change. And then his holiness. Why did you put those two together? Because they match up. Um, if God could change, that, that would mean that there is a variance in his holiness. And if there was a variance in his holiness, then God could grow or change. And so these work together in such a way that when we can get the aspect of this, it actually makes us able to receive who he is. So immutability... Uh, I'm going to do a couple of quotes from A.W. Tozer. To say that God is immutable is to say that he never differs from himself. God doesn't have one aspect of himself that's different than another. The concept of a growing or developing God isn't found in scriptures. That's hard for us because we do. We grow we develop, we gain knowledge, God is knowledge. God knows all things. There's nothing that he goes, <laughs> didn't know that was going to happen. Now, now, good news about that is, you didn't surprise him. You surprised you. I can't believe I did that. Didn't surprise him at all. Good news is, it didn't bring any change in him in how he feels about you. He's immutable. It seems impossible to think of God as varying from himself in any way. And here's why. For a moral being... To change, it would be necessary that the change would be in one of three directions. This is straight out of knowledge of the holy. He must go from better to worse, or from worse to better, or granted that the moral quality remains stable, he must change within himself. As from a miniature or an immature to a mature, or from one order of being to another. 
God didn't grow up. God is. It should be clear that God can move in none of those directions. His perfections, and this way is immutability is tied to holiness, his perfections forever rule out any possibility of change. God is, God was, and God will be perfect. In all his ways, in every way, in every way, God doesn't change What God thought 2,000 years ago about you, he thinks today. God isn't, you know, we have these funny images. I don't know whether it came from cartoons or the way Christians did movies about God or non-Christians did movies about God or what we have in this, but like... You know, it's almost this sense of, it's it's almost humorous, you know. You do something and God's calling Michael over the angel and going, Mike, what what are we going to do here, bud? Got any suggestions? That's not God. That's not who God is. And why do we need to know that? Because it allows your heart to get assured about how he feels about you. So many people say, I just wish I knew what God really felt about me. Here's what God really felt about you, Jesus. Jesus is God's best thought about you all the time. That's stunning. For a believer, and this is why it's so important to be born again, for a believer, God never sees you outside of Christ. It's hard for us to see ourselves in Christ. He can't ever see you out of Christ. Think through that one. It's it's such a huge game changer. If God cannot change for the better, and since he is perfectly holy, he has never been less holy than he is now and can never be holier than he is and has always been, Neither can God change for the worse. Any deterioration within the unspeakable holy nature of God is impossible. Now, let me... What spirit did God give you? Oh, the Holy Spirit. That spirit which was the unchanging holiness of God, dwells where? In me. That's Rome, straight out of Romans. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Holiness, I'm learning to be holy. Uh, you are holy. The Holy Spirit's in you. Here's the question. This arises in, for most of us, and how come if God doesn't change, the God of the Old Testament seems so different from the God of the New Testament? I've been asked this question since I began 
doing any Bible study or any teaching. Almost every junior high kid I ever taught when I was in youth ministry asked me why God was different in the Old Testament than he is in the New Testament. And the answer lies in three simple things. God reveals who he is through covenants, remember last week, which do and have changed. God never changed, but the way he expressed himself to the people that were living at that time, it has changed a lot. Matter of fact, drastically, you now live in a new covenant, which uh, the writer of Hebrews says has better promises than the old one. And so God didn't suddenly go from wipe out all the enemies to love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't change within himself. The covenant did. The covenant changed our, our understanding of who God is. It didn't change who God is. He's, he remains completely who he is. Second thing is, time has allowed us to see God differently. Remember last week, Hebrews 1, verse 1, God who at various times spoke to us through the, you know what? The prophets in times past has now, word now meaning present tense, spoken to us by his son, by Jesus. So we're getting, if you will, I don't have a complete revelation of who God is. It's, it would be, then that would be me being the exact reputa, you know, representation of God. I am not that. Hear that again, Mike Nabriga. I am not God. He was shocked this morning and actually was going to leave because he said, you're not? You're not God? So he was giving me a hard time. But I got the mic. So I am not God, but I tell you what, the, the understanding of who God is, I want it to be beyond me. You want God to be, on, to be beyond the understanding of who you are. Why? Because then he's God. And then I will approach him correctly. And God uses different times. I, I know things about God today that I didn't know 10 years ago. As a matter of fact, the guy 10 years ago might look forward and call me a heretic. Might, I don't know. The third thing that makes it difficult is we weren't taught well regarding those two issues, covenants and time. There was, we were not, I guarantee you, I don't care if you went to Bible college, I don't care if you went to seminary, you did not get enough teachings about those things. I didn't, most didn't. There's maybe some that did. I'm not John Piper, so, you know, I, nevertheless, there, there were things that I just wasn't taught well through the years and it affected me. And it's this, in God, no change is possible. He changes not. In people, change is impossible to escape. 
Tomorrow is a different day than today. My view and my understanding of God have changed so much. Think just in the reality of your salvation and the very possibility of redemption. That lies within God's ability to change us and for us to receive that change. We don't give our lives to the Lord. God gives his life to us. Big change. But even in our tent meetings and salvation meetings and our revivals, come and give your life to the Lord. It should have been, come and receive the life of Christ into you. Why should, you're just mincing at words. It's a really important concept when you think through God's holiness. And I think it has to do with, there has to, we have to look at something within us that is worth saving. Well, the thing that was in you that was worth saving is you were created in the image of God. Now think about this, because the changeability in God. God never changes moods or cools off in his affection or loses enthusiasm for you. We think he does, and then we call it a desert place. That used to be one of my responses. Well, you know, how you doing with the Lord? I don't ask those questions anymore. How you doing with the Lord? Well, it's been a really dry, it's been like eating saltine crackers and I haven't had a drink for a long time. What a worthless thing to say. Because it's actually a reflection of God, not me. What I'm saying is I'm not getting anything out of this. Really? You're going to heaven. You're an eternal being. God, we'll get to this later, but God imputed and then imparted holiness to you. Yeah, I'm not getting much out of the word. Well, you're stupid. (laughs) To make a statement like that. Shut your mouth and go back to the word. Is there no such thing as a dry time? I think we like to play with the fantasy of that. So this is just Lloyd outside of the notes, just talking to you this morning. We, like, we, we have a tendency to build this scenario about our lives that I don't know whether it provides an importance or something. But listen, God's not far from you. There's no distance. There's no delay. He may have been silent and speaking to you very loudly by his silence, but he didn't leave, and he didn't change, and he didn't change his view of you. If God could change his view of you, it would be different. And if you have that understanding, then you're going to live your life in insecurity with God. By the way, his attitude towards sin is now the same as it was when he drove out the sinful man from the eastward garden, speaking of Adam and Eve. (sighs) 
But this has always been the cry to his heart. Come to me, you who labor. We sang it this morning. Heavy laden, I will give you rest. God has never rejected anybody that wanted him. Think through that. He changes not. Through all of humanity, God never rejected the person that wanted him. Isn't that wonderful about him? And he can't be persuaded, and this is where the difficulty comes with this idea of change and holiness. He can't be persuaded to alter his word nor talked into answering your selfish prayers. That's why I say God often answers loudest by silence. In all of our efforts to find God, to please him, to commune with him, we should remember this. Change is with us, not with God. I want to change. That delights his heart. I don't want to do that anymore. That delights his heart. Because you get a glimpse of his will. I don't want to be that way anymore. Why do I? Well, he can give you the understanding and he can actually empower you to move into change. How? Grace. He uses always grace to empower us. He always gives us that. Remember, like, remember learning to ride a bike? How hard it was to learn to do the balance thing and the pedals? What were they thinking? This is hard. Look at my knees. Look at my toes, because I was always barefoot when I was a little kid. But once you're riding that bike, it's like, it goes from this is the hardest thing i ever done to freedom and get the little uh, ace of hearts and put it on the, on the wheel with a, with a uh, clothespin. So it goes, and now I'm more than just a bicycle. Now I am a ruler of the road with a loud motorcycle. That never went away, by the way. If God hasn't changed in his view of sin, what changed? He dealt with the sin. What did you say? He reconciled us to God. You don't have to get reconciled. You are reconciled. You don't have to get forgiven. You are forgiven. You can run boldly to a throne of grace. Always. In every way. It's the, it's the most, it's almost rigged, you guys. We want to try and find this hard way to get God to change his mind and be happy about us. And he never changed his mind. He's happy. Let me ask you your image of God right now and holiness. Do you see a smiling God or a frowning God? When you see yourself coming boldly to a throne of grace as a child, what is the image of God that you have in your mind? Have you watched The Chosen yet? 
Oh, I love, I love that guy that plays Jesus. It's the closest I've seen of all the stuff, all those, all the movies about Jesus I've seen. He smiles, he laughs with kids, he jokes, he enjoys life in the midst of a struggle. And incredible things happen around him all the time. And nothing happens around him all the time. Just life. And he's this happy guy. I believe that we serve a happy God. You might not be happy, but God is. So who needs to change? We do. God is holy. Here's what happens. I want to to read you another little short short section. Because it's about God, what we think about that. The moral shock suffered by us through our mighty break with the high will of heaven in the garden. This is the first Adam through what happened there, has left us all with a permanent trauma affecting every part of who we are. Sin didn't just happen and, oh, that was for Adam and Eve. It it happened, and it affected all of us. It affected all of creation. There was a disease that was let loose, and it's in ourselves and in our environment. In it, we have an inherent fear of both uh, what is terrifyingly perfect and the fact that we are not. That's the damage of original sin, is it revealed that I was not perfect and you were not perfect. And that's terrifying because God is. With it and our inability to be holy, we've learned to live with unholiness and have come to look at as as natural and expected. And so a lot of people struggle with like serving the Lord with gladness because they think that all the stuff that they really want to do doesn't make God happy. And God's really mad at them for it. And God doesn't like that stuff, and so I should learn to not like it either, but I kind of like it. And that can go to, I mean, think, we don't do this as much today, but think of the silliness. Christians don't go to dances. They don't play cards. They don't listen to rock and roll. They don't, I mean, you plug in whatever it is today. They don't do this, don't do this, do this. And we got this idea of a curmudgeon God who really doesn't like anything about our humanity. That's so distorted from his holiness. That is not what makes God holy. What makes God holy is is himself. He's perfect. What needs to happen is, is, it's described this way, a new channel needs to get cut through our minds. That the, the waters of grace and truth of God And even the years of teaching that we've all experienced, it has to cut through that with the reality of who he is. And that this God who is perfect, now get this, loves you perfectly. He can't love you imperfectly.
We don't know anything like that except Jesus. His holiness, it stands apart, it's unique, unapproachable, incomprehensible, and unattainable. But we've been taught that we have to learn to be holy. No, what we've been taught is a moral prescription that we can't ever seem to get the right sub, you know. Tell me the thing to do and I'll do it. No, you'll fail at it. That's the Old Testament. Only, this is where the title of the book of A.W. Tozer's Attributes of God came from. He says this, Only the spirit of the Holy One can impart to the human spirit the knowledge of the Holy. And that's his delight. Because it's holiness is who God is. He doesn't want you to know him outside of holiness. Because you wouldn't be getting the real God. And that makes holiness, uh, oh, the best grilled chicken in Monterey Jack with big slab of chili on there, grilled on wonderful sandwich. <laughs> God wants us to delight in everything that He is, and He is completely holy. And he not only wants us to delight in it, but here's the thing with holiness. He wants to delight in us, not just us delight in him. It's God's holiness, it has to be completely reciprocal. So he gives holiness to you and I as a gift when we receive Christ. Is the Spirit of Christ holy? What Spirit did you receive? (sighs) Therefore, what is in you is... But what happens when people do... I know this is a stretch. It was for me. What happens... So... I'm sort of inviting you to go on my journey a little bit, have been for 10 years. What if you start receiving it and believing it? I was very cautious with the first few steps. That's what they're like. And then there was this, you know, it was almost like going in front of the Wizard of Oz, you know, you know, and the huge things. And you want to back up like Dorothy because it's so scary because he's so big and so holy. And he just kept going, no, 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 no. Come in, come in a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. If this is who God is, and he wants to impart it to us, then it takes a revelation. It takes seeing him. Oh, I can't get my, my pages are stuck. Revelation 4. This is such a, we sing songs about this and everything, but I want you to see something here. So, verse 8. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. Don't you wonder what that looks like? Full of eyes. That means they had eyes every place. There wasn't a part of them. The fullness means complete. 
And they do not rest day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Why do they say that? Because they're continually seeing God. They have eyes. No matter which way they turn, they cannot take their eyes off God. God gave you the Holy Spirit so that no matter which way you turn, and if you make too sharp a left and make a mistake, guess what? You don't have to take your eyes off God. He doesn't suddenly quit looking at you. I was taught that when I make those kind of mistakes, the Holy Spirit's like a dove and will lift, lift off of you and go stay on the, you know, the telephone line until you get it worked out and get it right. And then he'll come back and rest on you again. Baloney. The Spirit of God is in you. And his delight is in you. This is so important to understand this. And it, you know, it goes on. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created that's you by God's will you were created and exist by the way it's why abortion is so horrendous that's just a little aside God imputes that's the legal aspect his holiness to you so that you can always be in his presence and see him. He imparts his holiness to you, so you can do exactly what John says, as he is, so are we in this world. Holiness isn't something you attain to, holiness is what you live in. And when you start praying that way, you start seeing it more and more and more. And that's not all. There's more yeah, listen to this. 1 John 2.28 And now, little children, abide in Him. That means enjoy His holiness. Make your home in who He is. That when He appears, and the word appears, it says, when, when He reveals Himself, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's those creatures, seeing him as he is. And every one of us who has that hope purifies themselves just as he is pure. 
You want to be holy? Tell God you receive his gift of holiness. I was taught that repenting would make me holy. Oh, repenting meant acknowledge how wrong and bad you are again. Actually, what made me holy is receiving God's holiness as a gift imparted into me. No barriers. No, what about the unspeakable one? You didn't. God's with you. Always. How? In holiness. Never think that God winks at sin. He didn't wink at sin. He died. That was not a wink. Never think he winks at your bad thoughts. He doesn't wink at bad thoughts. Neither will he dwell on them. And he doesn't want you to. And so he draws you in closer. This is who God is so that you can be who you are. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I like that. I like that a lot. Lord, instill in our hearts this week how you have imparted into us your unchanging nature. You don't get fed up and walk away. You don't get tired and worn out. You just keep pressing into us and you won't give up. And I say with my friend John Lynch, on my worst day, you're with me. And you won't quit. Amazing. Holy. Holy. Holy God. Complete. 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 And I receive it. We receive it right now. Help us to believe. We just receive it as a gift. We say it in our prayer. I receive your holiness, God. Help me believe. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love on each other.